0: Listen, I said it on Giants Warrior. I I tweeted about it, and I'll say it right here as clear as day. Uh, I, myself, have long said on the show that that DJ and Saquon should be a package deal, but it's clear to me that Joe Shane doesn't necessarily see it that
1: way. Giants GM Joe Shane telling us at his end-of-season presser that business side of things, or the salary cap, could be a hindrance to keeping both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Should Giants fans be buying that? We'll have takes on that and so much more throughout the program, but first and foremost, it's the Giants Wire podcast. It's great to be back on here, and welcome to the show. Uh, It's Ryan O'Leary here, playing host, joined as always by Dan Benton, the managing editor of USA Today's Giants Wire. Uh, Dan, it's our first official off-season podcast. Uh, a really fun, unexpected Giants season in a lot of ways ended, obviously a couple weeks ago in that divisional round to the Eagles. Ugly thirty-eight to seven loss for the Giants. Uh, did that take anything away from you? I know we had a really fun time covering the Giants. You were really excited going in. You were like, "The Giants are going to win this thing." I was all fired up. Let's go! I think a lot of Giants fans uh, kind of got caught up in it. It was an ugly loss to the Eagles, but that doesn't really take away much, right? This was a fun, unexpected ride the Giants took us on, and uh, you got to be grateful for that.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I don't think anybody, you know, and, and not not even just don't think anybody, we know that nobody expected the Giants to come in and do what they did uh, this year. Most people, you know, predicted three, four wins. I think even the most optimistic, um, you know, prognosticators had them around eight wins. I was one of those that thought eight was going to be the ceiling. So the fact that they were able to pick up nine, uh, add a tie, go to the playoffs, win a playoff game, yeah, I mean, Listen, I know that losing to the Eagles in particular and getting booted from the playoffs is sour for anybody who's a Giants fan. Um, it's going to sting. It's going to, you know, going to continue to sting as the Eagles head into the Super Bowl, which is disgusting. Uh, but you know, the reality is the Giants—they were so much far and away better than anybody anticipated, um, and they really hit their stride late in the season. You saw, you know, a lot of development by key players. Um, You know, some some breakout seasons for players like Daniel Jones, who we'll talk about more in a moment. Uh, Saquon back healthy. You know, there were great stories, you know, like Dayball and and Shane coming in as as first year GM and first year head coach and changing the culture in the organization. Isaiah Hodgins coming on as a waiver claim late in the season and kind of surprising everybody. You know There was all kinds of cool things that happened this season that made it a joy. It does kind of stink that it's over, obviously. Uh, but you know, Giants fans got to be happy. They've got to be satisfied with what happened this season. And they've got to be optimistic about where this team's headed in the future. They, they definitely appear to be in good hands for the first time in a long, long time. And the future is bright. It's very bright. In fact,
1: it is. And I'm excited to start talking about that this offseason on the show. We're going to be doing a lot, um, you know, especially during free agency and the draft. And again, we, we appreciate you having on, uh, the listeners being on for this ride with us and subscribe and tell a friend if you could uh yeah i think dan anytime uh you, the giants anytime your team performs above expectations it's a great year right and the giants performed well above expectations like giants fans aren't feeling like bills fans right where the bills are like ready to win a super bowl now and they can't get there and they and they lose and it's like you get blown out in that divisional round and you're just like it's like this gut punch uh if if Nobody had the Giants winning the Super Bowl. And if you did, then you probably got a little carried away. And that's okay. If you're a fan, you got a little carried away this season and you thought the Giants are going to win it all. Um, that's fine. I get it. But I think at the end of the day, the Giants have to work to close the gap, right? And I think the gap on Philly is, is, is pretty clear. It's evident. The Philly's now in the Super Bowl. Uh, and they blew out the Giants twice in real games, right? Week 14 and the playoffs. Those two real games, if you throw out week 18... Uh they got blown out twice, got handled twice. So you gotta start closing that gap. That's what happens this offseason, right? Uh between where the Giants ended up and where the top teams in the league are, you gotta start closing that gap and we start chipping away at that right away.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and and Joe Strange said that in his in his uh, season ending, you know, press conference that, you know, the key is going to be to close that gap in terms of personnel. I think you know, so long as they don't lose any coordinators or top coaches to other positions around the league, which, you know, is possible. Uh, but the coaching staff definitely seems to be in place. They seem to be in good hands in that regard. Um, you know, they're healthy in terms of the salary cap, which is another thing we'll touch on here on this show. Uh, but, yeah, like Shane said, like you just said, the key now is going to be, you know, to, to deliver depth across the board. Uh, to to work on the personnel, to help add pieces that the team is very clearly lacking. And, that's listen, that's not a knock on the guys who were forced to step up and step in and into unexpected roles. I think there's a lot of them that, that serve pats on the back. Uh, Richie James, the aforementioned Isaiah Hodgins, even Darius Slayton, who, granted, he had you know a drop in the playoffs that so was kind of ugly. But, you know, he battled his way out of the doghouse and turned out to be a productive player. Um, You know, and then you can basically look up and down the roster, Julian Love on the defensive side of the ball. You know, there were a lot of guys who, who played big roles that maybe weren't necessarily expected. You know, Love in particular was he anticipated just playing a starting role at safety, but he ended up getting moved all over the place due to injuries. Landon Collins came in and, you know, he sort of played an impactful role. Tony Jefferson's another one who came in and played an impactful role. Nick Gates came back and played a a, you know a larger role than anyone could have imagined at at any point over the last year, given what happened to him. So, you know, there's definitely pieces there, and and you know you pat those guys on the back, but the bottom line is the Giants need to upgrade at pretty much every single position that's not quarterback.
1: Yeah, it's true. There were a lot of good stories, uh, but you mentioned Joe Shane's presser when he was sitting down next to Brian Dayball, uh, talking to the media right after the season, Dan. Uh, and he was peppered right away about two guys, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, right? That, those, that was at that top of mind of the media. I think they have it right because that's a top of mind for the fans. What are they going to do with those two players? Uh, and let's hear from Joe Shane just to launch us into this discussion because we're going to do a lot on this here uh, during the show. Joe, so obviously your other big contract is Saquon. Um, is that somebody also you would like to keep? And is the franchise tag a possibility with you?
0: Yeah, we, again, this this is a special team. To me, it was my first year. We, we'd like to have all the guys back. I really would, but there's there's a business side to it, and you know there's rules that you need to operate under in terms of the salary cap, and you know Saquon's he's a good player, he's a great teammate. You know I love to get to, I love getting to know him this season, and you know he's a guy we would like to have back. It's just again we haven't had you know our our end of season meetings yet. We're less than forty eight hours after that game, so everybody's going to step back, you know take the emotion out of it, evaluate the roster and then again there's we got to operate on our salary cap how are you going to divvy up how how we're going to create the roster um, what are the priority positions and how we're going to
1: move forward but you know we, we would like to have Saquon back if if it works out Joe. okay so there's Joe Shane um, saying business side of things and salary cap as many times as he possibly can squeeze into one sentence Dan, right? I mean, he's just like, he sounds a lot like Brandon Bean out in Buffalo. Uh, the, the GM he worked under, uh, there, he was saying the same thing to the bills media after they lost. He said, guys, don't expect a Von Miller type signing this year. We got to get under the cap, right? So he sounds just like this guy, Brandon Bean. It's fine. I, I know the salary cap is a thing. You can't have all your guys back. Uh, but Joe Shane really hammering that point home, the business side of things, the salary cap, what he's asked specifically about Saquon Barkley, Dan. What do you think about that?
0: Listen, I said it on Giants Wire. I, I tweeted about it, I'll, and I'll say it right here as clear as day. Uh, I myself have long said on this show that, that DJ and Saquon should be a package deal. But it's clear to me that Joe Shane doesn't necessarily see it that way. And uh, listening to the press conference, two things became clear to me. One, it's that Daniel Jones is absolutely going to return next season. And two, the future of Saquon is very much in doubt. That doesn't mean that he won't be re-signed. That doesn't mean that he won't be franchise tags. It doesn't mean that he won't be back. It just sounds to me like Shane is not ready and or willing to commit the kind of resources to Saquon that maybe Saquon wants. And that's not a knock on Barkley either. You know, He's been injured. He may only have one chance at that big contract. So I completely understand why he's pushing for more. Whether or not that works out with the Giants, though, that remains to be seen. I, I'm not at all convinced that Saquon uh, returns to the Giants next season.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right with you. I feel like I like Joe Shane, and I think when he says I'd like to keep Daniel Jones at Saquon, you know, he said that multiple times, and I believe him. I think yeah, he's telling us the truth there. When when he tells me that, but we have to be under the cap, and maybe <laughs> maybe we can't do it because of the cap. Yeah. That's where he loses me, Dan, because yeah. I think. Fans who invest in the team and pay attention know what the salary cap is. Now, it's not complete bullcrap, but it can be manipulated in all kinds of different ways. And for me, it's like, I follow the real money, right? That's that's what tells you the, the real story. And it's like, stop talking about the cap and let's talk about the real money. And I understand why Joe Shane's doing it. He's doing his thing. It's PR. He's the GM. And the salary cap is something that ownership and GMs will hang over our heads all the time to explain why they don't keep our favorite players. But we all know that you can manipulate that number and cut a guy, restructure this guy, whatever. You can get under the cap if you want. For me, it's like, isn't it the real money, Dan? If the Maras are willing to spend on Daniel Jones and Saquon, and that's what Joe Shane and Brian Dayball think is the best for the Giants. We want these two players, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, back for multiple years. And that's going to drive us going forward. And that's what we need to get back at the Super Bowl contention. And the Maras are willing to write those checks, then... They could figure the rest out, can't they? They have cap space. They just did kind of a reset this year in terms of cash spending, which we can talk about here in a minute. Like if the Mars are willing to give them the checks to give them the upfront guaranteed money and write them this offseason, they could have both players back. Right. So I think hanging the salary cap over our head on Saquon Barkley is uh, he's blowing a little bit of smoke right there, right up our skirts. Well, David. I, I yeah, think they, they I, could keep him. Yeah, I think it's more about positional value and not wanting to
0: just say that you may yes, not use to one is, as, yes. as
1: valuable as he, you just he said it better himself. than me. go ahead.
0: Yeah. And listen, that may or may not be true. I, I firmly believe that defense and a solid ground game are still very important, even in the modern NFL. I think we saw that this season uh, pretty much across the board. The pendulum swings, and it'll swing back again eventually. But right now, there is still value in the running game. Now, is that $16 million annually a value? Um, I don't know if that's the case, especially when you've got a, you know a running back who, while he played a full season this year, has been routinely injured in previous years. And when it comes to the salary cap, although it's easily manipulated – you know, the Giants do have other big decisions to make on Julian Love, on Dexter Lawrence and a potential contract extension there. Obviously, Daniel Jones, there are, you know, roughly 20 other free agents uh, that they need to to work with. They need to make decisions on Leonard Williams and his contract and his salary, which is massive going into the next season. Obviously, they're going to they're probably going to have to take a hit when it comes to Kenny Galladay and just, you know, cut that and eat the dead money. And, you know, that that in and of itself does create problems in terms of the salary cap. But, listen, if they wanted all the guys, they'd probably be able to find a way to to make that happen. But, you know, they don't have unlimited resources, obviously, so there are going to have to be some tough decisions and hard lines that are put into place. It's clear that one of those hard lines is going to come, you know, with negotiating with Saquon. Uh, But they do have so many needs, you know, at both at the top end and the bottom end of their roster that they do have to be somewhat careful about how they spend that money this, you know, this offseason. And, you know, there are going to be tough decisions that are made on on some top end quality fan favorite players. And, you know, unfortunately, it does look like, you know, unless Saquon comes back down to earth a little bit in his demands, uh, he might be one of those.
1: Yeah. And and again it's it's true you can't keep everybody so they're you know we're going to lose some players from last year's roster we get that but if you want to keep dj and saquon i feel like you could figure it out and yeah in, in terms it of is, the, it's just go ahead
0: it does just come down to that positional value though like
1: yes you know it's very it's very clear
0: that shane you know he he went into those negotiations with saquon during the bye week and he had a specific number in mind they never came close to that number shane didn't budge and you know, listen. They've got more wiggle room and time now to maybe negotiate that before March fifteenth. But it, it sounds like Sean is kind of or Shane has kind of dug in. You know, dug his heels in a little bit here, and, and he's not going to move past that hard line based on how he
1: values the running back position. Yeah, and and you know what. Saquon kind of gambled on himself Dan and did himself some favors because he had a great season and, he, did, and yeah. he played and he didn't get hurt right and he kind of shook some of that narrative that we've had on him over the last couple of years so good I, there, for Saquon the
0: one downside yeah absolutely the one downside for Saquon though is that the Giants were able to kind of move away from him as their offensive focal point in the second half of the season and not only succeed but actually be more offensive you know have more production on the offensive side of the ball and I think that's where things sort of shifted uh, in that, it, you know, during the bye week, they were negotiating with Saquon and not Daniel Jones. And now it's kind of shifted at 180 where it looks like Daniel Jones is the guaranteed lock to return and Saquon's sort of the question mark. So while he was healthy and certainly earned himself a bunch of money, uh, you know, with a healthy season, you know, Daniel Jones and company kind of showed that, you, you don't have to ride the running back here. You can get the job done in other ways, and I think that shift, that offensive shift during the second half of the season, may be what prevents Saquon from getting that, you know, that big money that he wants. And thought, you know, maybe during the first half of the season he was, you know, headed
1: towards. Yeah, there's no doubt. You could you could see the shift to uh, a DJ focused offense, uh, putting more on his plate. Both in the pass game and the run game, and uh, it worked. And the Giants were uh, a bear of a team late in the season. Did not look like it against the Eagles, but they were they were <laughs> hot and they were and they were uh, they were going to be a problem for teams. It's just the the Eagles had a good night, and it's a, a bad matchup for the Giants. And we'll talk about that more um, in future episodes. Uh, but DJ's, uh, there's you know we've seen all the reports you guys have been posting on Giants Wire. Dan DJ is going to command. Uh, money this off season way more than we expected earlier in the year. When it to our credit, like what was it first month of the year we were saying, ooh, maybe you should extend DJ right now because this price might go up. And Now we didn't mm-hmm. think it would go up to thirty or forty million a year. Yeah, like some no, people are reporting. Didn't see
0: that coming.
1: Uh, now is that re- is that real, Dan? Like, what do you think? What is the price tag right now as we stand? I know it's a lot of speculation, but what's your gut?
0: Oh man, you know it really does seem like it's trending in that big time money direction. I just. It's crazy because I just never imagined we would get to that point. But DJ played so well, you know, with the exception of that divisional game against the Eagles. But to, you know, to knock him or single him out is pointless because the whole team, you know, played not particularly well in that game across the board. But, you know, leading up to that, DJ was really putting the Giants on his shoulders and he was making things happen with, you know, a a rough offensive line in front of him. Uh, You know, not very many tap-in weapons around him. And that was, again, with you know, the decrease in the role for Saquon Barkley. So, yeah, he made himself a ton of money. And based on the market that's out there right now, you know, whether or not anyone believes that Jones is actually worth $30 or $40 million annually, it's not what you think he is worth. It's what the market will pay. Yes. And and given the options that are out there right now, Daniel Jones does appear to be online for an overpaid contract. Now, whether or not that comes from the giants, obviously remains to be seen, but it certainly seems like Joe Shane and company are going to try and make that happen. So maybe the giants will get lucky and Jones will take a little bit less to stay there. But you know, when he was asked about that, it didn't sound like he was going to be willing to give anything (laughs) back after, you know, the first few years of his career. And to his credit, you know, the kid has earned it. He's, he's earned it one way or another. You know, you could say he's not worth $40 million annually, Mm -hmm but you know he didn't deserve all the nonsense that he's going through over the first 3 years of his career so you know i think he's earned it and i do think he'll end up getting it because that's what the market's going to be willing to pay for him
1: yeah and and even if the giants pay above what the perceived market for dj is this offseason dan uh, there's a good chance in a, in a couple of years it'll be a bargain again because that's where we're heading with these quarterback contracts right joe burrow's going to blow up the market Lamar Jackson's going to blow up the market. So eventually that DJ contact contract could be, right. uh, could be more team friendly than it seems this off season, Right. But again, with the right. cap, you can, you know, you structure that thing in a certain way. You could give yourself, you could make it okay. You could pay the quarterback mm-hmm. money. it still be okay. Lots of teams do it. Right. Dan, right. like it's,
0: and, and you made a good point there. You're right. Because a lot of the argument when it comes to DJ is that he's a mid tier quarterback. and, Listen, I think maybe I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback yet. I think he has the potential to get there. Uh, I think he's high mid tier at this point after the season that he had. And the argument is, well, you got to pay a mid tier quarterback mid tier numbers. Well, the market's not going to bear that out right now. But you know, you're right in the fact that once those other quarterbacks reset the market, suddenly DJ is going to have a mid tier contract. And at that time, he may be a better than a mid tier player. So that could turn into a team friendly deal. You know, in the blink of an
1: eye. Yeah, unless I saw somebody tweet, watch Joe Burrow screw everybody over and sign for like twenty million a year just to be an a hole, uh, and I was like, huh, yeah, that's not happening. But that would be fun. No, 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 uh, no way. That no, that's not happening. That guy is going to get a bag. Uh, so yeah, so I think the, going back to that salary cap conversation, the cap, the numbers out, Dan. Right, it's it's a lot higher than it was last year. Isn't it a record number? The salary yeah. cap number. It keeps going up. That's where we're heading. Uh, so signing guys, not that big a deal. Don't let Joe Shane tell you otherwise. It's yes, it's a business. And yes, it's not completely a myth. The salary cap is real. And those checks do come due. But it's sometimes it's a bunch of bull crap uh, when they hold it over our heads. And this is kind of fun. I know diehard Giants fans who pay attention to this stuff. This is they're going to know this. Uh, but maybe for more casual fans, Dan, that will will take Joe Shane's words as gospel. Like, oh, no, we can't keep Saquon Barkley because of the cap. Oh, no. Uh, just so we just we can kind of illustrate what we're talking about here. So the salary cap for 2022 this past year was $208.2 for each team. Dan, do you know how much the Rams spent in real money on their, their 2022 roster coming off the yeah. Super Bowl? Do you know how much A they spent? Yeah. A whole bunch. A whole bunch. 272. So the cap was 208 this year. And the Rams spent two seventy two, so that's sixty four million in real cash over the cap. So they must be screwed, right? They're just completely screwed. Go back to uh, July of last year; they were seven point four million under the cap. So that just shows you how much you can manipulate it. The teams are spending real cash way over the cap, and they're manipulating that number and pushing it to future years. And it's it's a big math equation. And you know, these guys, Joe Shane, uh, I thought he might have gone to Harvard or something, Dan. I looked it up to paw. DePaul, is that a good school? I think he's smart enough to figure out the cap, right? <laughs> I think yes. he is. Uh, it's interesting. 22 out of the 32 teams in the league spent over that cap number, 208.2, in real cash spending, which is why that's what I follow. I follow the real cash. The Giants were one of the 10 who did not. So in real money, cash spending, the Giants spent 108 point, uh, I'm sorry, 187.8 million, ranked up 29th in cash spending for the year. Now, does that make the Giants cheap, Dan? Am I saying uh, the Maras are cheap? No, I'm not. They were in a rebuilding year. They were trying to reset the books after Dave Gettleman left Joe Shane all kinds of treats, right, to uh, to deal with. So that's all real. Uh, but all I'm saying is, as a business, you're allowed to kind of reset the books and spend a little bit less. And that's what the Giants did in 2022. Aren't they set up now in 2023 to start spending again, right? They just came off a playoff yeah. run. You have all the cast space in the world. As you wrote on Giants Wire, I think, what are they, fourth in cap space dan fourth um, probably gonna end
0: up third, yeah
1: yeah their fourth could end up third i know you have big contracts like dj and possibly saquon uh coming up actually. here but you just reset you you were 29th in cash spending in 2022 the giants are set up to spend so i'm not buying all this look out for the business side salary cap thing just to put a bow on that that take dan I'm not buying it from Joe Shane. I know you're not either. So I'm glad we're not we're not even arguing about this. But I think when you look at those those cash numbers, it makes me feel even more confident that the Giants are going to be in a position to set the roster up like, like they want to. They're they're going to have a lot more flexibility than they did last year. Um, it's not going to feel like a, a as much as a rebuilding year, or at least it shouldn't.
0: No, I mean it's certainly not. I mean, listen, they still got a lot they've got to deal with. You know, there's I'm not big on the trend of adding these voidable years after the contracts, which I'm seeing more and more around the NFL. The Saints love that Uh, thing. Yeah. that's, That's what leads you to this this, you know, this these kind of cash spend versus salary cap spend scenarios where, you know, listen, you can move stuff around, you can manipulate the cap. That's always been the case. I don't like kicking the can down the road like that. I don't necessarily think Joe Shane likes kicking the can down the road like that. So I don't think you're going to see the Giants kind of jump on the Rams trend there and and necessarily do that because that could potentially create problems down the line. Uh, that you then have to manipulate your way out of and then you kind of get into this vicious cycle. But the Giants are certainly going to be able to spend more freely than they have in recent years. And I actually think not this offseason, but next offseason is going to be the one where you're really looking at it with, you know, the cap going up again, the cap ceiling going up again. The Giants will, you know, be able to rid themselves a lot of this dead cap that they're carrying around, potentially other dead cap that's going to be added in like the case of Kenny Galladay. Um So they do have to be careful in that regard as far as, you know, moving, you know, some of these these contracts around and and releasing some of these players. I don't think they're going to go crazy. Um, You know, DJ is going to cost big money if they bring bring Saquon back. He's going to cost potentially big money. Dexter Lawrence is going to. He his contract extension may very well reset the market and, and, and it rightfully should. so. And it should, yeah, yes. and rightfully so. So that's a, that's gonna be a massive hit. And then you've got other, you know, potential, you know, big money players. And when I say big money, I don't mean like top end of the market kind of players, but I mean someone like Julian Love, who's gonna obviously command much more money than he has been being paid. And and, and then you've got to factor in, you know, the reality that the Giants need to adapt across the board. They need to adapt at every single position that's not quarterback. So those little one year, two year, three year, maybe even four million dollar, or I mean uh one million, two million, three million, four million dollar deals, they're they're gonna eat away at that cap real quick, especially if these guys are on like one year deals where you can't really manipulate it in the same way that you can with these multi-year deals. So, you know, the Giants do have a bunch to spend. They can manipulate it a little bit, but I do believe Shane in, in at least one regard, and that's he's going to try and keep things stabilized. Not necessarily just because he's afraid of, you know, getting, you know, over the cap, but because I think he kind of has eyes to the future and he's looking towards better free agent classes than what's going to be presented to them this
1: year. Okay. And Dan, if he just tells us that I won't get all hot and bothered over it, you know, that, that, that makes sense. But saying you guys, we love Saquon, but the salary cap. That I roll my eyes, but yeah, just, well, he's
0: not, listen, he's not going to come out, you know, of course they still got to negotiate with Saquon he's not going to come out and be like, we just don't view him as, as, as valuable. As we <laughs> exactly. Himself, <so."> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, so just to put a bow on this conversation, uh, there's a great article on giants wire. It's called four potential cap casualties for the giants in 2023. Go on giants wire. Check that thing out. There are some names in that article that I think would surprise some giants fans, Dan, I'm not going to, uh, I'm just going to use that as a teaser. Go check that article out uh it's good stuff there's a couple names on there i was like oh i didn't think about that guy um so some of them we talked about but there are others that you might want to check out in that article what's
0: what's really fascinating about that is is once you start looking at the actual contractual breakdown for the giants uh from top to bottom of their roster they the top end is so heavily weighted in terms of money owed compared to the bottom half And, and i think that speaks very much to the personnel and and lacking depth that the giants have and what you know Shane inherited after Dave Gettleman. So listen, you've heard us on this show say before that you know Gettleman deserves a pat on the back for a couple decisions he made, but you know he deserves every bit of the criticism that he also receives for for the mess he made. And if you really want to look at why the Giants are in the situation that they're in right now in terms of cap and where they've come from in terms of cap, I would encourage anybody to go and look at the Giants contractual breakdowns and you'll see clear as day why they struggle with depth so badly.
1: And uh, you guys did a great job breaking it down in that article. Again, four potential cap casualties for the Giants in 2023. Uh, check that out. Really good read. Um, I learned something reading that one. I think Giants fans will as well. Uh, so, speaking of uh, needs, Dan, uh, you just said basically everywhere. Um, you know, obviously quarterback priority number one. They got to get the quarterback figured out. I think it's going to be Daniel Jones. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb there and say they're going to bring him back, Dan. Uh, but just that, just kind of riffing off that Eagles game a little bit, thinking back to it. And it was a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I remember Jalen Smith sticking out like a sore thumb. He was kind of running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Dan, uh, it, it just really emphasized inside linebacker uh, as an issue for the Giants. I think we all saw that uh, in plain sight. The Eagles were really exposing them there, uh, and just defensive line depth. You know, I mean, one of my favorite things that came out of the game was that the the Eagles' dominant O line, and they are dominant. They're the best in football, I think were scared of uh, getting Dexter Lawrence mad. <laughs> I thought that was one of my favorite things that came out of it. But the <laughs> Giants need to find they need to find guys behind him, yeah. right? They got to be able to. One thing that Brandon Bean really did, and I think maybe this is what Joe Shane is going to eventually want to do. The Bills are great at like rotating their defensive linemen. It's like a rotation, fresh guys always rotating in. Uh, that was a Bills thing. Maybe Joe Shane will try to inherit that and bring that to New York uh, because the defensive line depth I thought was exposed inside linebacker. Definitely exposed in this game, right, Dan? Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at the needs, those are, aside from quarterback uh, and wide receiver, I I still think, you know, and and we could get to that thing, too. Joe Shane said uh, a wide receiver one doesn't guarantee you anything, and I I have some thoughts on that, Joe. Uh, Inside linebacker and defensive line depth, boy, that one, that was really evident in that Eagles game.
0: Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Listen, I've been, you know, you've heard me preach about this all year long. Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams were playing way too many snaps. They they were the, the. Workload that they were receiving was just astronomical, almost unbelievable. And the fact that Dexter was able to get through the year without being injured. Knock on wood was, you know, that's, that's incredible. And when I say not getting injured, of course, you know, no football player gets to the end of the season. It doesn't have some injury, but was able to stay on the field. Obviously Leonard Williams, you know, again, with the increased workload got banged up throughout the season, had to miss time that that's not a knock on Williams. That's a product of them having no defensive line depth whatsoever. And you saw it not just against the Eagles, but in basically any game they played where one of those guys went out the opposing offense would immediately attack that spot and, and expose it for what it was. And, you know, that I don't want to, I don't want to talk down or punch down on any player, but Justin Ellis, for example, Ryder Anderson is another example. You can go up and down the giants roster and their depth at uh, defensive line. And those guys were just getting exposed. Every time they stepped on the field, they were getting targeted instantly. And, um, you know, that led to problems for the Giants in terms of that rotation, in terms of that workload for their for their star players. And, you know, they definitely need to fix that going into next season. I, I think it kind of gets overlooked because, you know, you can make the argument out there that the Giants have the best defensive line in football, but that only accounts for their starters. Once you start breaking that down further, it gets really weak really fast. So, you know, it's a kind of an underrated, under-the-radar area that the Giants absolutely must address this offseason. You mentioned inside linebacker. That's another one that I would argue... You know, listen, I've made the argument before that they need a true number one wide receiver. I'm not going to back off that. They obviously need help with the receiver position. But inside linebacker is an area that this team has been lacking since Antonio Pierce played. So it's been a long, long time since they've had a quality or even dominant, you know, inside linebacker that's able to help in coverage, that's able to play the run, that's able to, you know, take the headset and kind of take control of the defense as the the on-field general. Uh, it's just it's just something that they desperately desperately need to address this offseason
1: yeah for sure and it's like but again it goes back to that that question the giants where they picked in 26 overall is that right for the giants well
0: it'll be technically 25th because miami forfeited
1: okay okay so 25th uh are you more likely to pick a wide receiver there or inside linebacker you know what i mean (laughs) like and it's probably wide receiver uh, if we're going back to that positional value thing, so uh, but will they address that in the draft? A lot of teams are like shying away from that. They like to be weak at inside linebacker. That it's another one of those positional value things, right? Um, it, which can be annoying as a fan. Tr- trust me, I'm a Patriots fan. The yep. Patriots have horrible inside linebackers every single year. It was their top need last year going into the draft. And guess how many guys Belichick drafted as an as a inside linebacker? Zero. <laughs> he didn't draft yeah, any. <laughs> <laughs> we were all just livid about it. Uh, But going back to that wide receiver uh, question, Dan, um, because I agree with you, I I just think, you know, we can't stop talking about this. And I know there's other big needs on the on the roster that you've pointed out. But Joe Shane saying, you know, it, it doesn't really guarantee anything. But I'm watching Devontae Smith. In that game for the Eagles, making that yeah. ridiculous catch. Yep. Now I know he, he, it might have hit the ground, but whatever. That was an unbelievable. Yeah, effort. I don't.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. forget it. Forget whether or not it hit the ground. That's the number one wide receiver. Yes, play right there. Yes, That's the and kind of stuff I'm talking
1: about. I'm watching that game against the 49ers, and I'm thinking about the Giants, and I'm just like, remember the freaking draft when we were sitting there at 11 overall. Cowboys are on the clock. We know they're going defense. Mm-hmm. We have Devonte Smith. I was basically like, t- oh, about to text you, Dan. I'm like all excited. And the freaking Eagles of all teams trade up with the Cowboys, jump the Giants, draft Smith, and then the Giants are like, "Well, screw this, we're trading back." The Bears are going to give us a haul for Justin Fields, so they trade back, and who they end up with? Kadarius freaking Tony. It's like in hindsight, it's like what a crap sandwich that ended up being. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, we had Devonte Smith and our freaking laugh, and the uh, Eagles stole him. So I just, I'm just like, man, what a different offense this would be with that guy, you know, um, on the team. And I just feel like I, I hear what Shane's saying. A number one wide receiver doesn't guarantee you anything, was the quote. Uh, I think he's right, Dan. One doesn't guarantee you anything. I think two does, right? Because you look at the final four, the Eagles, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, the Bengals, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, the 49ers, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. I know it helps to have a quarterback to throw to those guys, but still, they had Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And the Chiefs, I mean... They have Travis Kelsey who no one ever covers, right? He's just wide I was open say all the time. That,
0: all these teams have good <laughs> tight ends. Yeah, they all have good tight ends that create mismatches
1: too. Yeah, so. yeah. so and weapons, right? Weapons, yeah. that's the thing.
0: So if I were the Giants, you know, listen, if this was a fantasy, fantasy draft or something like that, you know, looking to the offensive side of the ball, I wouldn't even necessarily be looking for two wide receivers. I'd be looking for a number one wide receiver and then a big time, you know, uh, you know, game-breaking tight end somewhere. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, and that's listen. That's not a knock on Daniel Bellinger. I think Daniel Bellinger has a role in this team and in this offense. I think he's a good player who's going to be above average. I think he he's a good blocker. Uh, he he is kind of surprising in terms of his ability with his hands. He he's a decent route runner. I think he's like I said. I think he's got a place. But the Giants really need some sort of dynamic you know, pass catching tight end that can create mismatches on the field, kind of free things up um for those other wide receivers. Cause the Giants, look, they're the Giants are stacked with number three wide receivers at this point. <laughs> um, but that's not going to get it done. And we saw that this this year, you know, when push came to shove and you went up against a really talented secondary, those number three wide receivers weren't beat number one, number two cornerbacks and and you know in some cases they weren't even beating some of the linebackers in coverage. So the Giants definitely have to make, you know, some strides in that area. And listen, no no one player is going to win you a Super Bowl. Uh, but a few will. And then they certainly do need yes. a few there and that those are areas that they definitely need t- to shore up, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how they address all that stuff uh, this off season, but I think uh, you you mentioned this early in the show, Dan, and maybe we can just end it here. I'll circle back to something you said earlier in the show because it's it's a big storyline. Maybe it's not getting a ton of juice nationally, but it's a big storyline in terms of the Giants. Like they could be out one or both coordinators, right? Because both of these guys are are getting looks. Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale are getting looks for head coaching jobs. So before you can like really start honing in on the per, uh, the personnel on the roster and fixing all the holes. And again, the Giants have all kinds of holes. They got to sign DJ, wide receiver. Uh, You could probably address some some spots on the offensive line. Maybe get a center, (laughs) tight end, inside linebacker, corner. Go down the list. Um, Mike Kafka is. It sounds like he was in the running. uh, He was getting linked to Denver before they, uh, you know, finally got Sean Payton. Uh, Dan. Now it sounds like he's got a chance for this Cardinals head coaching job. Wink Martindale gets a second interview with the Colts. That's telling. Uh, so Mike Kafka and week Martindale are, are they, how big a flight risks are these guys? And that would be challenging for the, uh, I'm sorry. I was about to call them the bills. Uh, that would be challenging for the giants if they lose one or both of these guys, if they lose both of them, that's going to be a huge challenge this offseason season for the giants.
0: Yeah, it would. oh boy. It'd certainly be unfortunate, especially for someone like Daniel Jones, who just cannot seem to stay. Um, you know, consistent
1: right. in terms yeah. of his coaches and systems. I hope Kafka stays, man. I really do. I think he could benefit I think, from a couple more years.
0: I, I do think that the Giants, if, listen, if they had to lose one of the two, I think it would be safer for them to lose Kafka, despite what I just said, largely because it's sort of Brian Dable's offense anyway. Uh, you know, granted, listen, Kafka certainly had his input and he did a good job for the most part. Uh, but I think the transition to a different offensive coordinator would be you know a little bit easier for them than if they lost wink martindale after a single season because then they're going to have to go on the hunt and change up their entire defense again and you know that's sort of obviously problematic um, I do think of the two though Kafka is the more likely to, to land a job and I think that just stems from the overall interest in the style of, of football in the modern age is it's more offensive um, you know deep downfield spread out things like that and and defensive head coaches aren't getting quite the same interest that the offensive minded coaches are uh, that being said though, I do think that you know wink Martindale is very much a Jim Ursay kind of guy. And even though Ursay is pushing to have Jeff Saturday return, um, the potential for him to get in there and talk to Wink Martindale and just kind of fall in love with the guy, I think the percentage of that is pretty high. Uh, you just kind of hope that Ursay kind of does what he always does and screws himself over and brings Jeff Saturday back and lets Wink Martindale return to the Giants. Uh, I would have put a pass down. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, listen, I think they could overcome losing Kafka. I don't necessarily know that they could easily overcome losing Wink, preferably, you know, I think all Giants fans would agree that they would just want both of those guys to stay in place and give, give this team a little bit of, you know, consistency for a change, um, because that's obviously been something that's hindered them for a long time.
1: i right, be interesting to see how that all plays out. We will be back throughout the offseason. We might take a few weeks off here in February, but um, looking forward to get right back at it in March, Dan, right around free agency when free agent starts hitting and just, Start covering this team right away yeah. in March and just like ride it out, man. I'm I'm excited to see where it, it's, Shane and it's Dave take it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sort
0: of amazing that we're already looking at the calendar and saying we're six weeks away from the start of the new league year. Let's go, agents. And so, yeah, the NFL you've been happens about it. fast. Yeah, you've been tweeting about <laughs> it.
1: It hasn't stopped. You've been tweeting about it. No, yeah,
0: it, it never does. It never slows down. We got the senior bowl coverage this week. You'll be seeing a bunch of stuff about that on Giants Wire. Uh, the Pro Bowl skills competition's got a couple Giants. Like in it, football, so baby. Yep. So you'll be seeing us, you know, a lot of coverage there. It'll get quiet, you know, shortly, you know, after all that stuff kind of goes through and the Super Bowl gets done. But then it's going to pick right back up soon. So in the blink of an eye, we're going to be talking about free agent signings, uh, you know, potential trades, and then then move on to the draft. You know, the NFL never slows down. It's just a train that keeps going.
1: Yeah, and, and of course, if any big news on Daniel Jones or Saquon or something breaks, or Odell uh, Beckham, yeah, home. or OBJ, yeah, for sure, yeah, he's he's cutting again. <laughs> That would be that would be something that'd be a big story if he came back. I would love that. Uh, yeah. So obviously we'll we'll hop on here and, and be reacting to it um, here in February. But you know if it if it stays quiet, Dan, you deserve some you deserve some time off, my friend. It was a it yeah. was a long, fun, grindy, giant season, and we it, w- it went into January this year for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We got two extra weeks this year, so yeah. Listen, I'll I'll be the first to admit, though, it was a lot easier to cover this grind than it had been the previous few grinds. Oh God, because at the end of those seasons, I was like, man, I need to retire (laughs) (laughs) seriously. uh, This one, I just want to, you know, I want to take a couple weeks off, recharge my batteries. But I'm excited already to get back into it. I want to know where this team is headed. I think, like I said earlier on the show, that the future is bright. Uh, you know, free agency is going to be an exciting time. The draft is always an exciting time. And and then before you know it, we'll be back at OTAs and, and we'll be getting you know, gearing up for another season. And I think it's going to be a fun one.
1: Yeah, it, it was fun to watch the games and have actual joy again, Dan, instead of like hate watching the team like we have right. the last couple of years. Uh, so that yeah. was it. So usually we end the, the program with a pick by the great Danton. Uh, and usually that's a Giants uh, pick. Uh, so I got to get your take on the Super Bowl real quick, Dan, before we sign off. Uh, now, I don't know if you're like Micah Parsons. Are you rooting for the NFC East? Are you all in on the Eagles? No, <laughs> well, no. I'm stunned. I'm stunned, man. So you are, you know, this uh, you is are a Chiefs this fan. Is,
0: absolutely. Are you kidding me? I can't even believe this is debate. <laughs> and, and this is something I, I've gotten into it with Giants fans this week. And it's like. I don't understand the logic. It's this new generation of fan that just doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. Like you, you, you people need to relive these rivalries from a, from a different time period, because I know everybody in the NFL is all buddy, buddy these days, but that's just not how it is. That's not how it was. And, and ultimately that's not how it will be again. Once these teams actually start winning again. And you, you kind of saw it from the Eagles' side, the giants were kind of soft and didn't want to really talk any kinds of trash. The Eagles didn't hesitate to start talking trash. they got, you know, sue james bradbury uh darius slay all these guys had a whole bunch of things to say and now you got these giants fans who are going into the super bowl like yeah yeah, go eagles fly eagles fly like the empire state building and that embarrassment but no i'm not rooting for the eagles i will never root for the eagles uh i got kansas city winning by 20 how's that sound
1: i love it yeah so is that that how you really feel do you think like the eagles are overrated did did you underestimate them are they are they the real deal uh, because it's interesting in terms of the line, I think as soon it's, it's crazy how quickly these lines post now, especially with the, the mobile apps. And you can bet right away on your phone uh, from all kinds of different points in the country. Right. So that the AFC championship game ended late uh, Sunday night, right. And the line immediately posted on, on, on most sports books as a pick'em, chiefs, Eagles, pick'em, And the line immediately started flowing towards the Eagles, right? It went to pl- uh, Eagles by a point. Then it went to Eagles to two points. And I was like, "Huh? Hmm, wow, how, how many points are you going to give Patrick Mahomes here? I was literally looking at my phone like, should I place a bet on Mahomes now? Uh, because I do think this Eagles team is a wagon. Uh, but how many points are you going to give Mahomes? So right now it is calmed down. I think some money came in on the Chiefs side, and now it's at one and a half. So the Eagles are one and a half point favorites right now in the Super Bowl, Dan. Uh What's your take? Like, what's your advice to me when I do make make my way too much money uh, annually? I bet way too much money on the Super Bowl, and I usually lose. So my wife always makes fun of me. Uh, I'm telling her this is the year I'm going to get it right. Uh, What's your advice for me, Dan? I I I thought Eagles. My gut was Eagles right away, and then when I now I'm thinking I kind of like Mahomes as an underdog. So uh, like, which way should I go here?
0: Man, I always have a hard time betting against Mahomes.
1: Yeah, is it a tough? You just never yeah. want to
0: pick against Mahomes, like because you just never know. Like that kid can take over an entire game and, and make any even the best defenses look silly. Of course, he does have the ankle sprain, which you know. Granted, they have a week off before the Super Bowl, but that's a high ankle sprain. So that's. And he that wasn't moving
1: little. great there at the end of that no. Cincy game. You could tell he was really laboring right. a little bit. But,
0: but at the same time, you've got Jalen Hurts. He's like, "Yeah, my injured my my shoulder's injured. I'm going to have to play through the injured shoulder.
1: That's just all there is yep. to it." So you've got We're both two, banged up.
0: Yep. Yeah, you got two really great quarterbacks who are going to have to play through these injuries. So I think it ultimately is going to come down to the offensive and defensive line. And whoever wins the game in the trenches is going to win this game outright. And I know that the Eagles steamrolled through the playoffs uh, and they dominated in the trenches. I wouldn't write home about dominating the New York Giants in the trenches. <laughs> uh, so, you know, maybe it kind of overlooked that one a little bit. The San Francisco domination is a bit more impressive. Uh, but, you know, listen, there's a whole bunch of different criticisms about that game, penalties, injuries, drops, things of that nature. So I, I think the pick is fair uh my gut just tells me though and i said kansas city by 20 obviously i'm not being serious but i, I see this is going to be a great super bowl a close super bowl yeah. but my gut does tell me that it's going to be kansas city in the end that wins i just if i have to pick them i'm picking the homes over jalen hurts and that's just all there is to it
1: i did hear you uh call jalen hurts a great quarterback there in there dan i'm proud of you yeah because i like hurts too i think he he's better than people uh, one of the, a lot of people. Yeah, are saying uh, listen, he's a I was one of, of the Siriana. people who were like, yeah. "Oh, I,
0: I, right." I was one of the people who were like, "Oh, I hope the Eagles sign him long term." Well, you know, egg on my face. So, yeah, and yeah. and those are very expensive these days. So, you
1: know, <laughs> yeah, they I are. My gosh, eat. like they ten bucks. I get the pasture raised stuff too. I don't get, you know, I I I like the pasture raised eggs. And hey, my gosh, shout out,
0: shout out to my hands. Yeah, me a yeah,
1: of they're head. getting it done for you. Yeah, I, I <laughs> love yeah. getting, I love getting the hands a shout out on the show.
0: <laughs> but yeah, when it all when it all said and done, I, I'm going to take a. I am going to take Mahomes over Hertz, and I am going to take the Chiefs over the Eagles. I who knows? Maybe maybe Kadarius Tony will come back uh, help and make a huge play <laughs> and, and win the oh game. Oh my gosh!
1: The <laughs> I'm, I was stunned when he checked out after that drop in the end zone. I was just stunned, uh, Kadarius Tony. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> anywho, Dan, yeah, I'm I'm leaning Chiefs as well. But my gut says Eagles, but I'm always wrong, so that's why I'm going it's Chiefs. It's going be I think. a good game. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be gonna great.
0: Be it could go it's either way, which is up.
1: yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. The Eagles could, they're just so hard to deal with because they can do they're just so hard to deal with on offense, right? With that run game with Hurts and all their backs and the receivers. It's just that's they're a load, man. And their defense is pretty nasty. Uh but you know, the 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 Chiefs kind of woke up. Uh, Chris Jones was dominant against the. Chris Jones versus
0: Kelsey is gonna be so great to watch. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's gonna be fun. So, uh, my gut says Eagles, but I'm always wrong, so I might go Chiefs, Dan, and then um, you know we'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah, so the Super Bowl will be a lot of fun, Dan. If I don't talk to you before, then I hope you enjoy, man. I enjoy some flag football first, and then I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You too, man. And listen, it's been another great season. It's been a pleasure working with you. Thanks to everybody who's been listening all year long and we're going to take a couple of weeks off, but we'll be back and there'll be plenty to talk about. And in the meantime, there's plenty of stuff up on Giants wire.
1: Of course. Yes. Always be checking out uh Giants wire and, and Dan, um, I appreciate doing the show with you as well. It was a really fun year. Giants gave us um, a lot of unexpected entertainment. I love yeah. every second of it. Brian Dayball was just a breath of fresh air uh, wink Martindale breath of fresh air uh, the Giants are back to having fun playing football it was um, it was a lot of fun we talked playoffs you know it was great it was great and I uh, can't wait to see where this thing uh, where this thing takes us here as we get into the 2023 offseason so for Dan I'm Ryan O'Leary thanks again for joining us check out Giants Wire we'll be back later this off season.